0: Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed, Play, Love. Today we are joined by mother craft expert Chris Minot Chris has over 30 years experience helping families with their small children and babies, sorting out all kinds of things that can be challenging for parents, most of which is related to sleep, but there are other things that we want to know about. So if you have a question for Chris today, there are a number of ways you can ask it. If you've joined us live on Facebook, you can pop your question below. You can direct mail us if you're on Facebook, or if you'd like your question answered next week, send it through to helpline, helpline at au. Chris Minogue, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm really well. Not that people can see in the podcast, but you look like you've had a haircut.
1: I have. I had a haircut on Tuesday. Very nice. Not
0: manageable. Very nice. It's good to have a little, a little haircut, a little it bit is.
1: of a spoil. It was a perfect, perfect rainy day to go and sit at the hairdressers.
0: Ah, lovely. <laughs> All right. Well, enough about your gorgeous hair. Let's get into some of these questions. The first one comes from Leah. She says, hello, I'm wondering if you have some advice for me. I have a four-year-old son who's very clingy and won't sleep in his own bed. He was fine up until around a year ago, but then he started having night terrors. They got pretty bad and he ended up in our bed. I have tried reading him books and getting him to fall asleep in his own bed. I have to sit in his room until he falls asleep. Then I sneak out, but he still comes in our bed halfway through the night. I have tried lolly rewards, etc. He has a nightlight, and we brought him his favorite character quilt, bed quilt. I can't really close the door and let him cry as my husband drives for work and it's just too dangerous to let him miss out on his beauty sleep. (laughs) I did try once though, and he didn't stop crying and I felt awful. I think he may just be too old for it now. He has two older brothers and I have never had this issue with him, with them, sorry. He has to be in the same room as me most of the time. He goes to preschool one day a week and that used to be an issue. He didn't want to go, but seems find seems to be fine now any advice is greatly appreciated
1: I wonder whether this little boy is just looking for some sort of reassurance and maybe sleeping with his another one of his brothers might help so it doesn't state whether he sleeps in a room with someone else but I think it'd be really easy to do the hard and fast you know he needs to stay in his bed and you know, he's got to stay there. But obviously, he at four, he's looking for more reassurance than, say, a two-and-a-half-year-old that's adjusting to being in a bed. So my first thought would be, can two of them share a room? Can he share with someone else to give him that reassurance? So that would be one line that I would look at. And the second line I'd do, if, if that wasn't possible, would be to maybe um, put a gate. I think the trick is to teach him to go back to his bed so putting a gate on the door, which we often do with the younger ones, might help because then it allows you to come to the door, he's on the other side of the door, and then you say, as soon as you get back in your bed, I can come and give you a kiss, and then just teaching him that back to bed and reassurance and resettling. So there's, I'd try and sleep him with his brothers first to see if that might make a difference and does he sleep any longer, the second thing I'd try is put the gate on the door and just say, you need to go back to your bed, but I can come and give you a kiss when you're in your bed. That teaches him to go back to his bed without shutting the door. And the third thing is you might have to get him to cry it out a little bit. So doing this on the days where your husband isn't working really will help as well. So then you're not compromising Um, the the message that you're giving him. So I tried in that order and see if that can help him to settle down Um, because at the age of four, he should have the ability in a way to be able to go to bed and go to sleep, even if they walk in the middle of the night. And the only thing that's going to get them back to their bed is you walking them back to their bed. Mm. So it's just working out whether you're prepared to get up and walk them back to bed. You're prepared to buy a bigger bed and let everybody be happy. (laughs) <laughs> or you, you put the gate on the door and, and you say, okay, I can give you a kiss, but you need to be back on your bed. But I'd try the path of least resistance, which would be put him in the room with his brother or one of his brothers and see if that might help him settle for longer and get the reassurance from someone in the room.
0: Yeah. Good luck with that one, Leah. And our next question comes from Alice. She put this in our helpline group. She says, hi, Chris, what do we do when our one-year-old twin boys both wake in the middle of the night crying? They are unable to be soothed for hours. We don't know if they're sick or in pain or just unable to get back to sleep when one wakes the other. We are reluctant to take one of them out of their room in the middle of the night to try and soothe individually. We give Panadol thinking it's teething. They have two sleeps. Uh, two sleeps of about one and a half hours each at 9 30 a.m and 2 p.m bedtime is 7 30 p.m and they have no feeds overnight do you have advice for things to try thanks for any help so I think the
1: timing's right and the amount of sleep they're getting in the day is right I think this is you know if we had a twin helpline this would be the question to ask whether to remove one are they using each other now I think what happens with twins and I've done loads of work with twins is that you rescue one twin at the sake of the other so you go in and grab that child out of its bed so it won't wake the other one but in the end, they've got to get used to each other's noise. So that's one part of it. So it, this could have crept up on you. You know, you go in to settle one, you do it quickly, but in the end you're actually self-settling that twin. So you do need to get them to settle together. The timing of the sleep is good in that they're, they're about awake, about three, three and a half hours. They're getting two, one and a half hours sleep, so that's good they're going down at 7:30 so this is probably more than anything just a behavioral part. I personally would separate them. I'd separate them for 2 to 3 nights and find out who actually is waking and who could sleep better. And in that 2 to 3 nights correct, correct the behavior. So take the better sleeper out and maybe put them in a portacot in another room correct the behavior of the child that's more consistently waking up because I'm sure there would be nights where it could be one or it could be the other and I would correct that behavior so letting him cry for 10 minutes going up to him laying down, give him a pat, doing that across a period of time, maybe you know 30 minutes, give him a cuddle, put him down, leave, another 10 minute cry. so using a very gent- well gentle, version of it because it will take about an hour to do so it depends what motivates you most to correct this behavior but on the third night you need to bring them back together otherwise they start to learn to sleep without needing the other person in the room but taking two nights to correct the behavior often interrupts the pattern and gives you a foot in the door to get this to to sort of feel better.
0: One-year-old twins, yeah. it's hard work. <laughs> this next question comes from Marianne on our Facebook Live. She says, I am toilet training my daughter who is three and has been showing signs that she's ready. I've tried a few times and she'll sit on the potty, but she won't let anything come out. She'll sit forever, but nothing. Any help or suggestions would be great. Um, I think she thinks the, the
1: potty's a chair. she hasn't quite worked it together so in this case I would probably put a soft seat on the toilet on the big toilet and um, put a little step up there so she can get up to the toilet if she goes to daycare she sees more a toilet than a potty so that might help with um, that image across from what she does at daycare to what she does at home and then I would just do some gentle timing because she's three. And she's not younger. I'd put her little underwear on her. I wouldn't go very far. And about every two to three hours, I'd just say, do you want to do a wee on the toilet? And if she says yes, I'd take her there, let her sit. Um, I probably wouldn't let her sit forever because she's getting confused as to what to do. So we don't sit there forever. So I'd probably only give her about three, four minutes and if she hasn't done anything, take her off and try her again in a couple of hours and see if that will work. So I think going back to gentle reminders and timing and using the big toilet might give her just another little sense of how it goes.
0: This question comes from Trish on Facebook Live. She says, Will my toddler ever calm down and stop touching everything? She's, <laughs> out to stro- she's out to destroy everything in her path and then fights going to sleep and is up at the crack of dawn. I'm getting nothing done because of her. How can I teach her to be calmer? Wow,
1: there's a big question. Um, Sounds like okay. a toddler. <laughs> it does sound like a toddler. Firstly, Toddlers should be very active. Okay, they're, they're all over the place. They're, they haven't learnt um, about boundaries and spatial awareness. So they are very active, but I use a lot of distraction with a toddler. So if she's constantly going to your favourite um, ornament on the bookshelf, you've got two choices either move the ornament so that it's not in her way till she's a bit older and can get that understanding because we're not sure how old this toddler is. Is it closer to 20 months or is it closer to two and a half? Um, uh, That's the first thing. The other thing is distract her. So if she constantly goes to the TV and is, you know, touching the TV, then as she goes to the TV, I'd be distracting her and asking her to come and build blocks with mummy sitting on the floor. So I'd probably be using a lot of remove and distract But toddlers are busy people, um, so they need to sort of know their boundaries. It could be exacerbated by the fact that she's waking early and she's maybe not sleeping well at night, um, and that's making her a little bit more hyperactive, so it feels like she's constantly doing it. But teaching a toddler to be calm is quite a trick. But the most calming thing they do on their own is read books. So maybe having a little pile of books in the lounge room that she can go and sit at, it might um, be on a little pull-out cushion and she sits and she flicks through those pages might start to help her calm and sit. But I wouldn't expect that a toddler would do that very often. They're more into running, climbing, jumping, holding, pushing, all of those (laughs) sorts of things in a loving sort of a way. So, you know, the level of how tired she is is going to have an impact on how manic she is. And as for her sleep, well, hopefully she's getting about 11 hours at night and depending on her age as a toddler, somewhere between an hour and two hours of sleep in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so she doesn't actually write what the actual problem is with her sleep. But the consistency is actually the key part to this. So going down at a similar time every day and getting up and a message if she wakes early in the morning that you're going to put her back to sleep and that when she wakes at five doesn't mean she's up for the day. So a little bit more information if you want a little bit more help might help out here.
0: Um, But otherwise, yeah, toddlers are pretty active. They're on the go. They are. And in terms of getting stuff done, I reckon the only way I ever got anything done? I think was having a playpen.
1: Yeah, well, great, yeah, for a limited
0: amount of time. But if I yeah, I had to get play anything started, yeah, yeah, that was the only Either way. Either you
1: go in the playpen or they go in the exactly. playpen. Yes, <laughs> yeah, one one of the two gets in the playpen, and it depends on the makeup of the house, like stairs and how safe the environment is. But they are pretty active. But I don't. I think if you have a child that's not sleeping well, you know that wouldn't help that would actually make them a little bit more manic or overtired and then they'll really get active.
0: Oh, dear. Well, good luck. Uh, this next question comes from Heather. She says, how old is it that children should be out of nappies to sleep at night? Oh,
1: that, that really differs from child to child. So um, I would think that most children are between three and four when they come out of their night nappies and it's really dependent um, on how how much they drink during the day is one factor it's not the only factor but how much they drink and kids these days tend to drink out of bottles instead of out of cups so they take on quite a lot of fluid Um, so that's one thing Um, it depends on their training their toilet training like when they started because I tend to find that tonight train a child is about six months after they're completely toilet trained in the day so they're not having any accidents and they're taking themselves to the toilet but it is very dependent boys can take a lot longer than girls they can Um, night wet for a very long time. So I think the consistency is the really important thing, Um, you know, not drinking loads and loads out of a bottle, um, toileting before they go to bed at night. Some, Some children even need to get up in the middle of the night and be toileted. But I would say it's six months after they're truly day trained that I'd be starting to think, is this a reasonable time to be able to toilet train?
0: Our next question comes from Jory Jory on Facebook. She says, hi, my baby is almost six months. We just moved him to a cot around a week ago, and it's so hard to get him to sleep, especially when I put him down awake. He will cry and babble for hours and end up being awake almost three to four hours or more. I've tried shushing and patting, but it doesn't work. So I end up feeding him to sleep and rocking him. Uh, is this just a phase or should I be trying trying something else? I don't know what to do. Thanks. Um,
1: In this case, when we get a question like this, it's always interesting to find out how they settled the baby in the bassinet. So often you have to use those same skills in the cot. So, for instance, if she was feeding to sleep, well, that's what he's looking for. He's looking for feeding to sleep. And the more that you end up feeding him to sleep, the more that that will become the cue to go to sleep. So sometimes making that transition from a bassinet into a cot also means that suddenly their arms are free because they might have been moving around and rolling around. And the baby's got to have time to adjust to all that movement and the space that's around them. And I think it takes them between three and six days to get used to being in the cot, Um, especially if you've gone from arms being swaddled to arms being released in a in a cot. But the good thing about the cot is there is more space um, and that we can do more active things in the cot that we may not have been able to do in a bassinet because it's so small. So putting him down awake, giving him a few minutes to either babble, or gentle crying, and then going back and helping him settle. And that's going to take some time. But in in the long time, it's going to get shorter and shorter. So if I had a little six-month-old and he'd I popped him down awake, um, I've drawn the curtains so the room is dim but not dark, and then I leave and give him a few minutes to roll around and see if he can find his comfortable position, and I go back in after a few minutes, I'm probably creating a nice little rhythmic pat movement that might feel a little bit like the movement you were doing in the bassinet, and I'd be doing that for four or five minutes depending on his crying, and then I'd pick him up, give him a cuddle and return him back to the bed and continue till I get him to sleep. And this could take him, I don't know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, but in time it gets shorter and shorter and they learn how to self-settle So a few factors here would be looking at the way you put him to sleep in the bassinet and are we mimicking some of those cues across into the cot. And the second thing is he's a lot more space and a lot more movement, so it's going to take him a good few days to get used to it. So consistency is just
0: as important. This question comes from Zoe. When is a good time to move our four-month-old daughter out of our room into our two-year-old's room? They need to eventually share a room. So should we be doing this sooner rather than later? Good question, Zoe.
1: I think when you've got limited space and you're going to put two children together, I tend to suggest that uh, when the first child is sleeping through to at least two or three in the morning before they require a feed. So if you've got multiple wake-ups, it will disturb your four-year-old. But if you've only got one wake-up and it's in that middle of the night, often a four-year-old could could sleep through...
0: Two oh, two. Old and, two and a two-year-old. Two old. Yeah. So
1: that two-year-old can sleep through, um, uh, through that sort of whingy cry period as the baby's waking up. If you've got multiple wake-ups, and especially in the four and five o'clock, it will start to wake your two-year-old. So one thing to consider is is she growing out of the bassinet and needs to be put in a cot? And two, how many night wakings does she have at night? So if she's just down to one, I think
0: you can make that work and start to put them together. This question comes from Misty. She says, my two-month-old has a slight flat spot on his head. I sleep him on his side now and not the back of his head at all, but I'm wondering if the flat spot will ever round out. He has tummy time and he's held most of the day when he's not sleeping as he's not very keen on bounces or swings. Is there anything else I can do?
1: No, it's quite common for children to have flat spots now because they predominantly sleep on their back. So in accordance to the SIDS regulations, we sleep our babies on their back until they have the ability to roll over. So a generation or two ago, we would have slept our babies on their side more and their head would round out. But the head moves a lot and it's very malleable until they're six months old. So that little flat spot, is quite normal in babies because they spend a lot of time on their back and with their head turned, but we know that it does round off at around um, six months of age and that we should sleep our baby in accordance to the SIDS regulations, which is on their back until they have the ability themselves to roll over, use their arms and push up. And, then they're, and in a big cot. So I think it's taking all of that, but it is quite normal in babies these days to see flat spots on their head.
0: Zishan on Facebook Live says, my 18-month-old is using a pacifier, but we're trying to cut, cut it down slowly and get rid of it entirely. Is it possible that the pacifier has slowed her from talking? She can only say mum and dada, but even that's not too often. Will getting rid of the pacifier help her learn to talk?
1: Well, this is a, uh, this is a very controversial one. Um, I know babies that have had a pacifier and speak perfectly well and hasn't got an impact. And I know babies who have never had a pacifier and don't speak well. So I think it's a really hard one. And I think the key to this is if you're going to use a pacifier, use it in the right way and get rid of it at an appropriate time. So using it in the right way is only in bed, when they're physically in bed. So as an 18-month-old, she should only have it twice when she goes to bed in the day for her one sleep and then when she goes down in the evening. So if you're only using it twice, then the impact on her speech course would be a lot less. Um, So her speech development at 18 months Some only have two clear words, but they have lots and lots of babble and others can say six clear words um, and the range is so big that I'm sure lots of parents are concerned about their baby's speech pattern. So I think first you've got to use the pacifier um, in a very deliberate way. It's only associated with going to bed. It's twice a day as in lunchtime in the evening And then the other thing to do is to make sure that you're reading and speaking well to the child, like reading books that says flower, boat, ball, so they can hear that definition. Um, But I wouldn't be too concerned. I'd be using the pacifier the right way and speaking and reading lots to my baby, and I'm sure her speech will come on in time.
0: Louise on Facebook Live says, my six-month-old is waking up every two hours not to pee. Not to feed, but just for reassurance, what should I do?
1: Uh, I would probably so not to feed, so waking up every two hours. So two hours is like a sleep cycle. They wake up between one hour 10 and two hours 20. So it's waking on the sleep cycle. I try, um, I would resettle like a six-month-old trying to get them down to one feed overnight. It's not a bad way of doing it. So all the wake-ups in between, I, I would try and resettle them. Um, and doing it, leaving them to settle for a bit and then going in and helping them. So a a very common way of settling the six-month-old. The one thing you could consider and re-go back and look at is the feed before they go to bed. So that one that happens around 6.37 often impacts those early wake-ups overnight, so those wake-ups up until about midnight. So make sure they're feeding really well at that point because that's what's leading those first early wake-ups that you're having to resettle on, and I'm sure you'll start to get more consistent sleep from that point there.
0: Sharon has a question about her 16-month-old daughter who is having trouble sleeping through the night. She has two naps during the day. Is it time for me to drop to a one-nap time now?
1: Yes, that will fix it. So oh, there you go. 16 months, that's an easy one. So at 16 months, I'd be popping her down to, depending if she gets up somewhere between 6 and 7, I'd be putting her down for a sleep at 12. And hopefully she would sleep to about 2 and then put in her down between 7 and 7.30. So that's sort of the, the rhythm of her day. But to get her from two sleeps to one sleep, you have to start decreasing the first sleep of the day. So we're not sure how much she has in those sleeps, but I'd be decreasing it down. If she was having an hour, I'd decrease it down to 40 minutes and then a couple of days later to 20 minutes and then i drop it and get her to go to 12 now the first 3 days of dropping it and taking her to 12 try not to put her in a car or a pram say between 9 and 12 because she'll fall asleep and that will throw the whole day out so there's sort of play days at home and then once she gets used to it you'll be able to go out bring her home and she'll go down so lunch at 11:30 and a nap at 12
0: that was an easy answer, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Our question, next question comes from Ashley. She says, my daughter is six months old and she will not sleep. I thought she would sleep for 12 to 14 hours in a 24-hour period, but she is only getting a total of eight hours of sleep in a 24-hour oh. period and she's been like this since she was three months old. She's eating solids and still on a bottle. Her nap times during the day are only 10 to 20 minutes each and only two naps. Bedtime is usually between 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. She only sleeps till around 11.30 midnight. I've tried music, bouncing and swaying, singing to her, reading to her. Nothing is working. She's my first child and I'm a bit lost. Please help.
1: Well, this is this is a bit of a tough one because she, this poor little bub is so tired by this stage, six months down the track, that I would have to sit down and really work out with this mum sort of what cues she's giving to the baby um, and how we can take those cues and develop a sleep pattern because that is very little sleep. So this baby would be really sleep-deprived. So in this case, what I would normally do is work out the rhythm that the parents would like, you know. So she's a six-month-old, so she should have more four milk feeds in the day and two meals. And and she should be awake about every two-ish hours. So every two hours I'd be trying to get a sleep from her. Um, And that 10-minute sleep probably means that they're either not getting her into the bed or it might be in her arms or in a pram or something like that. So I'd get the rhythm right to make sure that the timing was right so that as we then started to teach her to sleep, that was the only thing she was dealing with. Um, and then it really depends. If she's in a bassinet, she might need to be moved to a cot. Um, I'd probably start with dimming the room and cuddling her until she's quite sleepy, then putting her down in the cot and leaving my hands on her and rock patting her and going right back to the basics to teach her to sleep. So this might be something that either we need to speak to to, um, the mum a little bit more to try and work out what we can do to help her go into the sleep, um or that she might need to go and see her early childhood center sister or maybe Tricilian or karatani depending on where you are in the country to get that more support to teach her to go to sleep but it's not impossible and she needs a lot more sleep and i think we could get that sleep but it's a much bigger discussion on what we could do for her
0: okay The next question, and probably our final question for this helpline, is from Katerina. She says, my nearly two-year-old is resisting the sleep routine. There has been no changes. It consists of bath, meal, playtime, dressing up, saying goodbye, sitting briefly in the room, having cuddles in the dark, and then goodnight and down in the cot around 7.30 p.m. She'll cry for a good time and won't self-settle. Anything else we need to pay attention to. It uh, doesn't tell us what she
1: sleeps in the day, but I assume she has a sleep of an hour or two hours, somewhere in the middle of the day. Um, that bedtime sounds like an awful lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of reading, lots of cuddles, lots of singing, um, lots of time, which is good, but it's also drawing the process out by the sounds of it. Now, it could be quite quick because we don't have a time frame for how all that happens. Um, but I think you're doing all the right things. I think uh, you just need to be consistent from that point. Your timing looks good. Um, now, this two-year-old could be over two and a half and no longer requires a day sleep, and that could be we need to shorten the day sleep or get rid of the day sleep, depending on her age, um, and that might help. Uh, so I think in this one we need a bit more um, information to help us out with this. Um, because it just says a two-year-old, whereas a young two-year-old who's only just turned two still might need an hour and a half or two hours sleep in the day and go down, and we might just trim that sleep a little bit so that when she goes down at um, 7.30, she's actually tired enough that when you leave and come back and give her a pat, she responds to that. So I think this has got a little bit to do with timing, depending on what a sleep is in the day um and then the second thing is the consistency with it as well is she being young and put in a bed so they have to stay in there longer or she's still in a cod so there's a few other things that would help us out to give more information um but if she's having a day sleep we probably need to trim it back a little bit
0: apparently she's nearly two.
1: Oh, so okay so she's nearly two so she she's does need to too. sleep in the day Um, so what are they doing to get her to sleep in the day that might be different to what they're doing at night could be the other way to look at this and see if we can get her to go down.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, unfortunately, we've run out of time, although those last two questions do lead me to mention parent school, um, and that is with Helpline, we do our very best to give you... um, the answers that you're looking for, but we don't always have time to do the back and forth and ask extra questions, which is where parent school comes into it. Chris Minogue is one of our experts on parent school. We have, several that can help you but if you'd like to chat with Chris we'll put links in the notes of this podcast and also on the Facebook live so you can go through book a one-on-one with Chris that gives you the opportunity to have that back and forth and Chris can get a sense of how you are as a family what the needs are all of the little bits and bobs that actually help to to get the answer that's right for you yeah absolutely so, Chris, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, it's a pleasure. We'll see you next week. See you next week. And if you'd like to join us, we'll be back here at 11.30, same time, same day, and you can answer ask your questions live then or send them through to us at helplineattheparentbrand.com.au. See you next week. Bye. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.